0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, October 31st, 2021. The Talk, Part 3.
1: So this is like the 10th time I've seen that um, clip that Barry put together from our other two talks. And it just still... Oaks me up. Um, We've made a commitment here at Connection to understand each other, to try to understand each other and to grow together and to take responsibility for some of the things that we come in with that maybe we've all been taught. And um, so those people who you saw on the screen are our family. They aren't those, they're us. Fran and Micah and Esalie and Edna and Courtney and Venetia and Panda are people who have been among us, and today we are committed to take the next step together um, to continue to press in on, on celebrating one another. When Alan and I were in uh, Oregon, we were just amazed at the beauty that we saw. Um, this from my iPhone, but, you know, the Grand Canyon is beyond words, and the cactuses in Tucson, and the petrified forest, and red rocks, and then we came home to fall, and. God's colors were so beautiful. I was amazed at the variety that God shows us. In Genesis, we're reminded about God created, and God said after God created, it was good. But on the sixth day was God's crowning creation, and that's humankind. And when God created humankind, God said it was very good. And so we celebrate that very good in each one of us here. And as we continue to grow together and to uh, push on, we are so grateful that you're with us together on this journey. To start off, we'd like to introduce Lindsay McBeth, who's going to talk to us about diversity. Thanks for being here,
2: Lindsay. I not use my teacher voice. You have that up high. Okay. Um, my name is Lindsay Macbeth, and I am an APO employee, and I have the honor of being a school counselor for kindergarten, and it's fantastic. Um, Who? I know that video gets me every time, right? So I get to teach them about feelings. I teach them social skills and coping skills. We teach about kindness and empathy because empathy is actually a skill that is taught. It is not innate. And so we teach empathy and with that, I teach diversity. And so when I teach diversity, I like to have a lot of fun and I like to be a little weird. And when I say little, I mean a lot. So this is just a snippet of what I do with the kids. We, um, we do mindfulness and we do yoga. And um, after that, we talk about diversity. And when we talk about diversity, first of all, we have to explain it, because there are five and six. So what is diversity? Well, it's a variety. Would you want a variety? And at first, they're like, I have no idea what I want. (laughs) So we say, OK, if I gave you candy, would you want one piece of type of candy? Or would you want lots of different kinds of candy? And they're like, oh, I want lots of different kinds. Me too. So we talk about that. And then we talk about how are we the same. And I love my littles because they're so obvious. Well, we'd have different, we have different hair. We have different eyes. Well, that friend has light-up shoes and I don't. I'm like, I know. The light-up shoes are pretty cool. But I like yours too. So we talk about that. And it's fun to see them expand. And then we talk about what would the world be like if everybody was the same? What if we didn't have diversity? And at first they're like, I don't know. I don't know. So let's walk them through it. So we talk about, okay, what if your friend had the exact same hair as you? Well, if we were all the same, wouldn't they have the same eyes and the same skin? Wouldn't they have the same thoughts and ideas? And would you like to play the same game every day because nobody could think of a different game? Would you be able to tell the difference between your mom and your dad and the helpers and your friends? And all of a sudden, light bulb goes off and they're like, we wouldn't know who is who. Like this panic erupts. And I'm like, right, exactly. So isn't The fact that we're different, beautiful, and awesome, and they're like, yes, and I'm like, cool, they're on board. So I pass out white Play-Doh, and I say, take your Play-Doh, and I want you to squish it, and you can pretend with me that you're in my class. So we squish it, and we have fun with it, right? And I say, with your white Play-Doh, we're going to talk about how Play-Doh is like people. And they all go, what? Ms. Macbeth, you crazy. And I'm like, I know, I'm crazy. It's okay. I'm gonna catch you up. We're gonna talk about it because Plato is like people, and people are like Plato. And they go, that doesn't make sense. I said, I know, let's let's work it out. But before we figure that out, let's play a little game. Let's see if we can take this Play Doh and make it stop being Plato. And they go, oh, okay. So cool. So I want you to take this Play-Doh and I want you to roll it around and I want you to make different shapes so you can make squares. You can make blobs. We get a lot of blobs. And we do different shapes. And I get hands raised. I can't make a shape. And I'm like, you just do your best, baby. Do your best. I don't care what shape it is. It could, be, it could be a pancake for all I care. So we've got different shapes. I say, look around the room. Nobody's Play-Doh looks the same, right? And they're like, yeah. And I said, okay. So now that they're all a different shape, is it still Play-Doh? They're like, yeah. And I was like, how do you know it's still Play-Doh? And they're like, hmm. I said, Play-Doh, the important thing about it is that it's squishy. Can it still squish? Yeah. Can you still make something fun with it? Oh, yeah, I can make noodles. Cool. So it's still Play-Doh. All right, let's see if we can change it. Let's see if we can make it stop being Play-Doh. What I want you to do is uh, we're going to do different sizes. So you're going to take your Play-Doh, and you're going to do different sizes. And it doesn't have to be a shape. You could even do it this way. We love the snakes. Yeah, so we make snakes. And this one's going to be two big ones. Ooh, I got a little one that ran away. Okay. They're all different sizes. It must not be Play-Doh now. And they go, Miss Macbeth, you're so silly. It's still Play-Doh. Why? Well, because it still squishes, and we can make fun stuff. So, okay. I got another idea. Ready? Let's try this one. Let's take our Play-Doh. Put it back together. Put it back together. So it's one big piece of Play-Doh. Okay. Now we have our Play-Doh. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a piece and... Courtney told me not to get it on the carpet. Ooh,
3: she off.
2: <laughs> it's just like in school when they uh, throw it across the room sometimes. So, anyway, we take a piece, <laughs> we roll with it, right? Now it's missing a piece. It must not be Play Doh, right? They go, no. It's still Play-Doh. Why is it still Play-Doh? Well, we can still squish it, Ms. Macbeth. You're right, can you still make fun stuff? Yeah, yeah, you could even make this one like a little snot bubble or something. That's fun. So, okay, it's still Play-Doh. Mm-mm. I got one more thing, this is it. This is gonna change it, it's no longer gonna be Play-Doh, you ready for this? With your white Play-Doh, I want to get you to get out your favorite marker and you're gonna color your Play-Doh. What? We don't color Play-Doh. Yes, you do, in my class. You color Play-Doh. Get your favorite marker. Can I make it two colors? Yes, you can make it two colors. Can I make it three colors? I don't care, just color the thing. So they start coloring and they start mixing and rolling and it's so much fun. And I say to them, look around the room. Everybody's got a different color. How cool is that? Some are darker, some are lighter, some turned into brown, some turned into black. That one's got three different colors. That's pretty cool. So now that we've changed it, the color, Is that still Play-Doh? Yes, Miss Macbeth. So you're telling me that after all this work, the size, the shape, even if we removed part of it, and the color, if we change all that, it's still Play-Doh? Yes. Okay. Play-Doh is like people. And they go, what? Bear with me, friends. Tell me. People are like play-doh no matter what shape no matter what size even if you're missing a part and you have a prosthetic leg you're in a wheelchair a cochlear implant glasses glasses you almost have an extra part that's fun so no matter what shape size color you're still a person do you know why because the important thing about a person is we all have thoughts we all have feelings no matter who we are no matter where we are we have hopes, we have dreams, we have people that we love, and we have fears. And so Plato is like people. And we learned our most important rule at school at the very beginning. And I know that you know it. So say it with me we are kind to everybody. Thank you.
1: Boy, aren't those kids blessed to have Lindsay as their counselor. Absolutely. We'd like to introduce my brother, Carlton, who is going to take over and lead us um, at this point. We've been friends for 40 plus years. My longest running buddy here.
3: Yeah. God bless. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Carlton. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for worshiping with us today. We're going to worship in sort of a unique style this morning, and and you'll get a chance to experience that. If you're here here with us in person, we're happy that you're here, and thanks for joining us online today. You know, um, we have been called not only to um, connect people with Jesus and the new life He offers, We're also called to connect to one another, to each other. You know, and that call includes not only connecting to the folks that you're sitting next to on Sunday morning, or you may happen to park next to in the parking lot, it also calls for us to connect to those folks that don't look like us, that don't feel like us, in some ways don't think like us. And that's hard, isn't it? I'm sure there's not many people here that would disagree with that. That's, that's difficult. But what we found in our series of the talk, as you have seen, that we can make that difficult task much easier with just a conversation. And that's what we're going to provide for you today, a chance to hear some conversation and to learn from some folks that, again, we're all called to make disciples. I'm going to ask my friends to join me, if you would, this morning, And um, part of our time together today is I'm going to pose some questions to the folks that will be here today. I'm going to give them a chance to introduce themselves very shortly. And, And we want you to hear and feel some of their story and begin to build some conversation and build some connection. Let's make sure things are good here. That's good. Microphone over there as well. So let's get started. If we would, why don't you guys go ahead and introduce yourself. Paul, would you go ahead and go start it, please? Thanks.
4: Uh, good morning, everyone. My name is Paul Watson. Uh, I've been with uh, the church, uh, my wife will probably correct me, but at least four years now. Um, I am 52 years old, probably lived most of my life uh, in, uh, in Delaware. Um, I'm an immigrant. I came here when I, was, uh, when I was five years old.
3: Great. Thank you. Anna.
5: Good morning, everyone. Um, My name is Ana Nieto. Um, I see some familiar faces, but if you don't know me, um, a little bit about me. I am from Ecuador, South America. I have a 12-year-old daughter. I moved here um, with my mom, my dad, my little sister, 21 years ago when I was nine years old, Um, and I'm a teacher, and I've been a member here for four years.
3: Thank you. Thank you, Anna. Marisha?
6: Good morning, Connection. My name is Marisha Smith, and I am a member of the praise team. so you might recognize my face from up here singing. Um, I've been in Delaware for about 13 years. I moved from Florida um, when I met my husband, and we have two kids together. Um, so yeah, interested in the conversation this morning.
3: Thank you. Thank you. We originally had plans for a fourth person to join us today, and some of you may know Terry Sammons. Terry visits us and is a member of our community here. And he, he, he scoots around a lot on a scooter. He, he's moving like crazy on that scooter. But he was not able to join us today. He, he is okay and had some transportation issues. Uh, I'll tell you that um, Terry is a member of the Lenni-Lenape Native American tribe in this area and has an amazing story. And if you ever get a chance, just ask him a few questions. He's got a lot to say. And we're going to get a chance to connect to Terry another time here in the future. I also have to say, as, as I've been listening to uh, our friends share this morning, I uh, have learned some new things that I just didn't know. Hopefully, you've taken time and you maybe have shared with some of these folks in different ministries around the church, whether it's worshiping together. I know Paul is a part of the gatekeepers, right? And Marisha has been part of the praise team. Seeing these folks every Sunday, we may make some assumptions. But just in listening for the first few sentences, our time this morning, I have learned new things. And we hope that is, that is the same for you. I have individual questions for them, and we'll give them a chance to speak um, as time goes on, and we'll wrap up our time together here in just a little bit of of time. Let's get started, if we could, um, with Marisha. Do you mind going first and and answering a question? Um, As a black woman in America, what's the most important thing that you can teach your daughter? Let's start with that.
6: Um, So I have a five-year-old and a five-month-old son, but I teach my five-year-old to be kind and to be loving and to, um, you know, be friendly to people, help people, help others. I'm teaching her to be—she's very strong-minded at just a young age. She's very independent. She has a huge personality. Um, She loves to, like, sing and dance, and she loves to just—she just loves people. So I'm teaching her to just um, be her own person and to know that God made her the way that she is, and she is enough.
3: Wonderful. That's that's uh, that's amazing, and and through our time over our past number of conversations and discussing the talk, I'm sure with your five-month-old son, at some time in the near future, you'll be having the actual talk with him. Can you talk a little bit about what that?
6: Sure. So um, I think the talk with him will be slightly different because um, the same like to be yourself, but you know, being a black man in America right now is hard. Mm-hmm. I have my husband. He's Six, three. he's a really big black guy. And so at one point he used to walk at night. And so I had to tell him, hey, walk in the daytime when I can see you somewhere or go with someone else. Because you always want to be, if I find that I'm, I'm now I'm more guarded mm-hmm. than I was mm-hmm. before sure. because of what's been going on. Right. So just still being mindful, but still trying to, still be, be transparent and still be open, but mm-hmm. still a little fearful of some things that are going on, but just trusting in God that everything will you know, work out in the end.
3: Amen, amen. I think those are thoughts that we all have to keep in mind wherever we are nowadays, um, not just for folks of a certain color or a certain background, but we all need to find ways to keep ourselves safe and be aware of your backgrounds where, wherever you are. I think that's really very important. Thank you for sharing that. Um, if we could, next, Paul, if you don't mind answering a question for me, um, talk about the dominant culture on... Uh, in, uh, in Jamaica
4: while you were growing up
3: and, and, and what you've learned from that experience.
4: So, um, I, I would say that the dominant culture in Jamaica is primarily um, transplanted African culture Okay. because uh, there, there was slavery in Jamaica at one point and uh, Jamaica was a, uh, uh, I guess you would say, a colony of, of Great Britain. Mm-hmm. At one point, mm-hmm. and um, I believe they received their independence sometime in the early '70s or uh, late '60s. Okay. Um, and then, uh, you know, as far as racism is concerned, again, because uh, African culture is the the dominant culture uh, in in in, uh, in Jamaica, I don't think that I ever I ever really um, experienced racism. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is that. You know, Jamaica is, is pretty much. You call uh, the United States a melting pot. Well, Jamaica's pretty much the same. So you have people coming from Europe, you have people coming from Asia, from Africa, and they basically come there and they remake their lives. Right. Okay. You know? and so it's, a, it's it's just a it's a hodgepodge of all of those those okay. different cultures, okay. and and they're incorporated in the Jamaican culture. Um, you
3: know. Yeah. So. Um, from that sense, um, have you experienced racism today and how does it compare from what you've been through in the past? So,
4: um, yes. <laughs> um, and, you know, being that I'm from Jamaica and that, you know, I didn't really know what racism was when we moved here. Um, my, my father uh, brought us here. He came a year before us mm. and kind of prepared the way for us and then brought us afterwards. And so, you know, it, it, my younger life, I lived in Jamaica, didn't really know what racism was. And I came to the United States, and, you know, I was that, that Play Doh. Right. right, okay. You know? Sure. Um, and I thought everyone else was Play Doh too. But I learned, I learned that it was, it was different. And again, it was a learned thing okay. that I learned over time. So, I mean, there uh, when I was younger, uh, a uh, police officer came into a, a grocery store, and I, you know, as a little kid, you, sometimes you separate from your mother, and you're, you're busying yourself with other things. And he snatched me up and, um, and started questioning me um, as if, as if uh, I had done something. He was looking for someone who had been shoplifting. sure. And he saw me, and he figured it must have been me. Mm-hmm. So that, that was uh, one circumstance. Um, I was I was driving uh, on break with uh, with a classmate uh, when I was in college, um, and a police officer pulled me out of a pulled us out of a line of cars um, specifically, and it, it was I wasn't at the end, mm-hmm. I wasn't at the front, I was in the middle, and he went through the traffic, pulled me out, pulled us to the side, pulled us out of the car, and basically. Uh, proceeded to, uh, you know, search the car from front to back, wow. looking for drugs. Why me? Mm-hmm. Um, in my own neighborhood, um, I'm just going out for a walk, and I get pull- I get pulled over, stopped by police officers who are, you know, just uh, patrolling the neighborhood. Sure. Um, why, 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 why shouldn't I be the one that belongs in that neighborhood? Yeah, you know. So, they're other instances, but right. those are just sure. a few.
3: That's just a few yeah. uh, of many that you've experienced, I'm sure. And, and, and so the conversation in a situation like this is, what can we learn from this? How, how does our perspective change from hearing this side of the story? Is it, does our perspective become more broad or more narrow? That's a decision you have to make as an individual and find ways to use this though, to help yourself grow and and learn, Anna. Could you um talk to us about um, ways that you're reminded of your Hispanic heritage and culture?
5: Yeah. So, um, for I see it a lot as an educator for the past ten years. Um, for the past four years, I've been teaching Spanish uh, to grades first through fifth. Um, so, in my classroom, we talk about traditions, different holidays, different languages, different Spanish-speaking countries, um, just overall, um, are just many differences. And we talk about how our world is beautiful and colorful, and we celebrate all of our Um, uniqueness, everything that makes us different, um, yet the same. We celebrate each other, we celebrate our families. Um, So I am reminded of my culture a lot in my own classroom. I bring my culture, my language to the classroom, to my students. I share my story of um, me moving to this country, my difficulty growing up, um, just feeling different from everyone else, being pulled out of the classroom because I needed to practice English. um, Just feeling very different, isolated. Um, Other students not coming up to me to play with me because I did not know how to communicate with them. Um, and just growing up that way, just remembering all of those things, um, I feel is important now to share with my students, to share, um, to let them know that it's important to accept others, to to try to make um, a conversation, to try to connect with others, accept each other the way we are.
3: Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um, could you talk about your daughter as well? I think you had mentioned. You know,
5: yeah. How, so I yeah. do have a twelve-year-old daughter um, who who looks different, and she's mixed. Um, and in my own, home, my parents' home, we always go there, and, and that's where I go in and practice the language my parents speak Spanish all the time they cook Spanish food Um, we just keep our traditions and culture alive I'm so thankful for them for that my daughter who's born here um, is 12 years old she sees that and she's a part of it and I share with her um, our traditions the importance of it and her growing up, she knew Spanish, but she always felt shame and embarrassment to let others know that she was bilingual and she knew another language. So that's when I realized it was important for me to to teach her and to guide her to help her understand that being bilingual, knowing another language, being different, as she she said, um, is beautiful and to embrace it, to, to share it with others, share with her friends, that that's just beautiful and that's who she is. So it's something that I've realized that I also need to do to celebrate my culture, celebrate everything that makes me me outside of my parents' home.
3: Wonderful, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, let's, let's talk about a question then for all of you, if you would think for just a moment and about how um, current social events and society issues have have um shaped your thinking about your own culture or your own heritage who wants to go first
6: <laughs> um so for me like as I mentioned before um, growing up like like um, he was saying earlier as a kid I was very sheltered I'm mm-hmm. a pastor's um, kid so mm-hmm. I didn't have to mm-hmm. really worry about racism it wasn't until like I became an adult that I kind of experienced that. Um, so for me, as I mentioned before, my husband, him being you know black and he's really mm-hmm. tall and he's mm-hmm. uh, you know walking around, I've, we've had to make some changes for like our safety and things of that nature because you never know I mean you could be in the grocery store, you can be at the movie theater, you can be in church, you can be anywhere and you never know what you're going to encounter on mm-hmm. those days. So mm-hmm. just being mindful but still being aware of our surroundings has definitely um, changed for me.
3: Could I also ask you then to just take the next step and talk about um, how those experiences have shaped your faith? And I'll ask you to think about that as well. Mm -hmm. How have those shaped your faith and and essentially brought you to church and where you are now? Yeah, so
6: it's definitely um, tested it a lot, I will say. Um, It's caused me to, you're not supposed to ask God why, but I, you know, you (laughs) see the news and you want to say, well, why are you allowing this to Mm -hmm, happen or why mm -hmm. is this happening to people that you see, Everything, is, is, everything in the world is going on so bad. But I had to draw close to him even more like, with my devotion and reading sure. the Bible. And actually being a part of the praising was actually like a big help for me. Still coming here when we, nobody was here, just us recording yeah, and right. just we still had our devotion. We were still praying. We were still, you know, connecting to each other. Mm-hmm. But that kind of brought me through Wonderful. what's been currently going on as well.
3: That's good. That's great. I need to ask something. Okay, sure.
1: So you mentioned about feeling safe. Mm-hmm. Is there a time when you haven't felt safe or Carrie hasn't felt safe here?
6: No, so coming here is like our safe space. You know, we don't feel like any kind of way. I've been asked before, well, how do you feel being the only African-American woman on the praise team? Do you feel different? Do you feel out of place? But you know, for me, you guys are my church, so I don't don't feel like, oh, I shouldn't come here. I shouldn't be here. I feel like it's love here. And that's what keeps me coming, me and my family keep coming back.
1: Can I ask that of either of you? Is there a time when you haven't felt safe or welcomed or celebrated for who you are?
4: No, it, it, it's actually the opposite. I've had folks, I've had uh, uh, people from my small group come to me and, and, and ask me, what can I do? Mm-hmm. You know, Because of all the things that are, are happening in our community and in the world. Um, and honestly, I'm not concerned about this church. I am concerned about some of the things that are going on um, outside of this church. And if there's anything that, that this church can do, you know, uh, it's, to, it's to go out there and, and basically you know, do what Jesus would, would ask of us, you know, and, and share the message. And, and, and there, there's a lot that's going on that's wrong right now mm-hmm. out, out there. Um, And and we just need to go out there and just share God's love and and I don't know. At some point this thing has to turn around. Mm.
1: Yeah. So we trust that you and we've had this relationship and some of you, if if we make a misstep, we need to know about it. You need to help us because we're committed. We're committed to that.
3: Thanks. Do you wanna Anna, do you wanna answer anything about society and what's happening and how that's Tested your faith?
5: So yeah, so uh, what I shared before was um, just growing up, my parents always had to work um, all the time. We would come home and spend time with other families who who were living with us, and I would not really see my parents. They had to work, like I said, and um, they. Oh, I felt like they always sheltered us. If something happened to them, they wouldn't share how they felt. For my little sister and me, we we felt like, nothing was happening, everything was fine, but as I was growing, I was a teenager, I saw my parents uh, being talked down to because they they speak in broken English, Mm -hmm. um, felt that they were being treated differently because of what they looked like, how they they spoke, um, what they did, just traditions, and um, always felt that it was just important for me to, to see that and now that I, as an educator, it's important for me to share that with my with my students. So I'm hoping for my students, it goes back home and they, they are able to share um, a little bit about what they're learning in my classroom from my experiences um, with their own families. Um, just feel imp- it's important that we realize the way we say things, the way our body language speaks to others, um and just not being afraid to ask questions if um you know you're not sure um I know I I'm, I'm seeing as this Hispanic but the first thought I must be Mexican mm. to a lot mm. and it's just important that there're just over 21 countries that speak Spanish and um it's not just in in Mexico and um just being aware of 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 all those things
3: Wonderful. Thanks. Well.
4: Uh, well, uh, there are a couple things I want to uh, say, I guess. Um, you know, as a, as a black young man growing up uh, in, in this country, and I've been here 47 years, um, one of the things that I've always strived to do is to, is to educate myself so that I can go out in public and be intelligent, and, and be able to present myself and speak. Um, and, and I said this in our earlier talk, I said, but I, I still, even to this day, if I walk into a room of, of strangers, and let's say I walk into the same room and a white guy walks into the same room, I always feel as though, if the two of us walk in together, I start at a deficit, and I have to work to to catch up and to be considered on the same level i i there was a um there was a news article the other day that was talking about um uh, an issue with uh the professional football uh, players association about how um they uh, a lot of the retired players are dealing with uh brain injuries currently and so uh, in order, to, uh, in order to get insurance and to get, uh, get your, your disability paid for, the first thing they have to do is they have to set a baseline for your, your, your level of intelligence. And so, so basically for black athletes, the, they set the baseline lower than for white athletes and if you tested, and you tested on the same level as a white athlete, they didn't want to pay for your insurance coverage, right? right? So that basically, that they're basically saying that they automatically think that you are less intelligent walking in the door, mm-hmm. you know? And so, so you know, for, for black people, I, I would say for most black people, they feel as though every time they walk into the room, they're, they're, they're walking in, starting at a deficit, and they're always through their entire lives fighting to, to catch up. And that should, never, that should never be the case. So I'm, and that might just be a personal thing for me. That's just one thing. The, the other thing I want to say, which I also said earlier, is that, um, you know, we talk about racism all the time and about trying to understand each other and so forth. Um, and honestly, if you're open, like I, every, every single person in this congregation, I love you just because of who you are, right? There's nothing that your relatives have ever done, all of your prior ancestors and so forth, that have ever done to anyone that I hold against you. I accept you for who you are, and I just hope that you accept me the same way.
3: And to to follow up Paul's point, take a moment and take a look around the room, if you would, please. Connection Church, we're, we're very fortunate to be able to sit amongst a diverse crowd today as part of this experience. We're very fortunate that we could all walk in and feel the love of God and the love of one another as we worship together. It is unfortunate that not, we can't say that about all churches. But welcome to connection. You are loved and you are welcomed here. And that is the result of us being deliberate with our diversity. We're being deliberate with our open arms. We're being deliberate with our open doors. We're being deliberate with accepting everyone with all that they bring. Today, I ask you to take our conversations today and take them a step further and find someone new to have a conversation with, find something new to learn, find a new perspective to broaden your insight on things. Today has just been one opportunity. Take the next opportunity yourself. And speaking of next, we have plans for the talk number four already. Be on the lookout, stay connected, and see how you can participate in that. Would you join me please in thanking our panelists for today and all they brought? Thank you all very, very much. Thank you so much, really appreciate it. Pastor Allen, you want to
0: join us? Absolutely, yeah. And um, can we thank them again, and also Carlton for his leadership today? Thank, thank you, Carlton. You. you know, um, I am overwhelmed, amazed um, by God's, uh, the beauty of God's creation. You know, I especially got to enjoy that various parts of the country this past couple weeks where I'm just overwhelmed, but uh, and I think about what, what makes it God's creation beautiful. There are a lot of things that do, but, but the one other thing that really uh, sticks out to me is the diversity, the variety of God's creation. I mean, uh, I'm so glad God doesn't bore us with all the trees looking the same. <laughs> With all the animals being exactly the same, with every sunrise or sunset being the same, because I like to take photographs, I, some, uh, you know, what a, I'd take one photograph, I'd be done. They were all the same. Every, uh, snowflakes, they're not, no two are alike. You know, God is incredible with God's variety. When, when we were out in Arizona, we learned there's 2,000 types of cactus. Can you believe that? 2,000 types of cactus. It's, it's just mind-boggling. And... You know, God brings that to to humans: uh, size, shape, size, color, nationality, language. You know what a great diversity! And God calls us to to not attack that, but to celebrate our differences, to 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 uh, to embrace those uh, that 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 uh, plethora of. Of, of, of variety that, that we get to surround ourselves with. How boring would it be, as, as Lindsay points out to her kids, if you look at it, you look out and it's like a mirror, that would, how boring would that be if everybody in the world was you? Oh my gosh, <laughs> that would be horrible. <laughs> and yet, with all those differences, what's remarkable is we're more the same than we are different. We are more the same than we are different. You know, scientists tell us, we talk about races, you know, this race, that race. Scientists tell us that's a myth. They tell us there's only one race, and that's the human race. That, again, we're more alike than we are. In fact, the subcultures of the human race, there's more diversity, there's more differences, there's more genetic difference within the subculture than between subcultures. In other words, if you take a a large group of Asians, it's very likely there's more genetic difference within that subgroup than between that subgroup and a grouping of Europeans. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? And so what that reminds us of is we are all just brothers and sisters created in God's image, united in Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters created in God's image, united in Jesus Christ. We're reminded of what Paul shared in his letter to the church at Galatia. Um, we find that in the New Testament, the second part of the Bible, we call it Galatians. In the third chapter, the 28 verse, this is what Paul writes. He says, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, that's non-Jew, there's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, uh, nor is there male or f- and female, For you are all one, say with me, one, you are all one in Christ Jesus. So we are one in Jesus Christ, amen, amen, one in Christ. That's the good news today, that's the good news. Let's believe it, let's live it, let's pray. Most holy God, we just, uh, we thank you, I thank you, we thank you for this diversity, for the variety that you give us. How boring would it be in this world if everything looked the same, if, if we looked and, and everybody looked like us. We thank you for the variety of sizes, shapes, colors, languages, nationalities, beliefs, opportunities to talk, to share, to communicate, to, to see things from a different perspective through different eyes, different voices, different ears. Lord, help us to embrace this, these changes, these ch- Differences And challenging as it is sometimes, please help us to embrace the diversity that you have given us. And please help us to celebrate you in all of your glory, your creative glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All those gathered this morning said, Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at Up.